Driving with Quisha. It's a party with Quisha. Loud mouth for Jesus. Inspiring the people. Driving with Quisha. So beautiful world. This is the Driving with Quisha podcast. You know, as I'm driving this great distance um, daily, well, Monday through Friday, praise the Lord, I have weekends, oh, oh my gosh, I drive through like the mountains, I drive through the hills, and I, when I kind of look into the hills and just imagine the Native Americans that used to live here. I mean, I don't know if they were like right there where I looked or whatever, but it's like, I, I feel like I just like, I don't know if I, I'm gonna be weird, like their spirits are calling from the hills. I don't think it's that, like the ancestral, but I just feel like very sensitive and aware that people were like living in the places that are like void right now because you know, the housing situation is different, the, the, you know, uh, for the settlers now than it was then. But when, when before, before the people came, you know, from other places and inhabited this land, I think of the Native Americans. And it's so funny because I really feel like that's, that's like a, a lost in the argument of immigration rights. I feel like that's completely lost. And I was thinking about how there's certain accents, I feel like, people from other countries with certain accents, where those people with those accents are, they're, let's say if you have like a French accent, some kind of European accent, you know, like if you have the English accent, and I'm not talking on any, I'm like, I'm for everybody, okay? But I'm noticing in this argument where people are being very like negative towards certain accents. Let's say if you have a Hispanic accent, you know, I feel like people are being very mean towards people who have a Hispanic accent. Oh, you gotta go. But somebody who has like some really, you know, sweet French accent or English accent, then they can stay kind of thing. I don't know that that's like 100% true as far as the law and what the law, what they're doing with the law and stuff with immigration. But what I'm saying is that I feel like people are, I don't know, there's a stigma on a certain accent, certain accents really, that people are, let's say if you have like an Indian or Sri Lankan accent, I feel like you're treated like less. But if you had, you know, like I said, like an English accent, you're not, it's not, it's more distinguished, you know, considered. But the thing is, these people are actually bilingual. Like the people who have accents, they're from another language. And I mean, like I said, French, I feel like they're accepted, but like if you're Hispanic or, you know, somewhere in Asia, somewhere else. I mean, I feel like it's completely lost that people are actually really smart and brave. And there's this weird stigma that they're they're ignorant and they're thieves and they're crooked and evil and stuff. But the thing is, 
and this is just my rant, ramble right now because this was on my heart as I look in the hills and I think about the Native Americans that have been pushed out of their own land. And this is the Driving with Quisha podcast, so I can talk about whatever's on my heart because that's the whole point. But I definitely want to kind of encourage an open mind to the people who listen to this podcast. It's an open mind and heart. Um, be considerate of those around you, be considered, be conscientious, uh, conscientious of stigmas and how people are kind of maybe influencing a mindset. I always, I always just encourage people to like, think for yourself. Like God gave you your own, you know, free will and thought process and, and things like that. Do so you have the ability to think, don't be simple. You know what I'm saying? I encourage you, and I can't tell you what to do, but I encourage you not to be simple. Simple meaning that you just, simple-minded, you just kind of go, you know, maybe with the most dominant voice, the loudest voice. And, and you're not really sitting still and, like, operating in godly wisdom and, and getting your own understanding. You definitely don't want to be a fool. You know, Proverbs talks about that. The fool, the wise, and the simple. So, obviously, the goal is to be wise, right, in the Lord and, and do the things that, see things the way God sees things. And I just think that it's ironic or some kind of like it's something <laughs> stupid that there's a distinction between who's a who's intruding on this country in the United States of America and who's who's um, you know safe or not safe or whatever. The reality is there's bad spirits floating in every kind of people group, um, nationality, race, whatever. You're going to find good people and you're going to find bad people. Like, I've heard stupid things about Haitians. I think that's so ignorant that people kind of just roll around with these kind of ignorant, like, things that they say. I've heard, you know, just like stupid things. People come against. I don't know. There's, I have this really strong passion for like diversity acceptance and so it's part of my upbringing I've kind of always been in a multicultural kind of atmosphere being half Ohio half you know California and I you know I have my influence from California to be very like diverse and, and feeling like you you went to other countries because you've met people from other countries and things like that like I don't it just I'm really passionate about that and I and I, I like to be true to my truth. Like I feel like everybody should do that. Whatever your truth is, whatever stirs you, I'm super passionate about like that diversity acceptance. And also just kind of spotlighting ignorance because how is it that if your accent is from this part of the world you're bad and if this your access from this part of the world, you're good. How is it that people can intrude upon other people and push them out into isolation and kill them off slowly or quickly or both in different seasons and and and, and that's okay. But when other people come here after we've settled, you know, obviously we, but after, we, after people have settled here, the people who kicked, the people who are natives, the Native Americans, out of their land and push them into a place of isolation and destruction 
how how are the people who are settled here and taken over? I'm gonna say innocent. You know what I'm saying? I'll just say innocent. Not that anybody's without sin, but just that they didn't start a war, right? Someone came and invaded their land. It'd be different if, like, I mean, unless I missed something in the history books, the Native Americans went over and started a war, and then the people came over here to fight and then took over the land. But if the Native Americans just mind any business <laughs> and they're taken over by invaders, um, I mean, they use the word settlers, but because of the way that they invaded when they settled, it doesn't seem like... I just see, I feel like how many Native Americans have I actually encountered in my life, like that I, in my everyday, I'm not talking about something I saw on TV or a billboard, but I mean people that I walk, side, I live life with, that I go to church with, that I'm in, you know, when I was a kid in recess or, you know, I was learning next to in college. Who I don't have, I can't even on my hand count how many uh, Native Americans I've actually, now there might be somebody who's mixed race, but I'm not talking about that. No disrespect to that. People who are half, uh, you know, um, not Hispanic, but Native American, but I'm talking about full on, like you have your culture, your culture hasn't been silent, you're rolling in it, you know, people know about it. How many, I haven't encountered that many but I'm living in California and I see the hills and I feel like I see the people just about their business. I see them in the hills just like, you know, it kind of makes me, it makes me want to cry because it's it's messed up, dude. It's messed up so bad. And for whatever reason, kind of just glaze over that. Even when people speak about race issues here in America, they don't really even talk about the Native Americans. We forget. Like, how do you forget the people who are here first? What gives me peace is that I feel like, you know, something that the same as an African American, what I feel about my people, so to speak, is that Native Americans and Africans, they have a lot of, they have a lot of spiritual practices that are like not good with God. A lot of idolatry, witchcraft, or you know what I'm saying, like tapping into spirits that ain't Holy Spirit. So the good that I see with the invaders, they actually at the same time brought over Christ, brought Christ over here. And I believe, I know, because I worship next to a guy who you know, Native American, that Christ is working in the Native American community. So it's like the good that I see is that Christ has been introduced. The Holy Spirit is the one leading those, you know, worship services, so to speak, now. And for African Americans and Africans, we now have Jesus like in our hearts and like I was talking to one of my friends from Africa the other day and she was saying how you know a lot of black people African Americans African are Christian or they have some kind of reverence for God and I feel like 
that can be discussed so many different ways. But my direction with that is is that I love how God truly can bring beauty from ashes and he can truly, um, you know, take what the enemy meant for evil, turn around for good. Um, how he can draw the hearts of, of, of people back to him because I thank God that I know him. I thank God that I know Holy Spirit, that I have a relationship with Jesus. I am very grateful. And I don't know if that would be the case if I was like, if we, if, if, if slavery never happened for Africans, honestly, I really don't know. What I see, what I see is that Christians now go into Africa and minister a lot. There's a lot of missionaries that go into Africa and give Jesus. Instead of taking uh, from the nation, they're giving to the nation, and that blesses my soul. And I, um, yeah, I'm in, I'm in, I'm enriched by that. I'm enriched by the darkest, the darkness. You know that that it seems like the darkest of dark. That God can shine so much light. So, yeah, it's pretty messed up. I, I see it, it's messed up for me because I feel like I just am very sensitive to, I don't know, like, when I see the hills, I just see, I just see people who live, they're just living. And I feel like even though it's messed up what happened and what's happening, I feel like God still used it, you know what I'm saying, for good to, to lead people to Jesus. And that gives me hope in the darkest of darks for myself, like the darkest darks that I experience. There's going to be hope, bro. Something good is going to come out of this. Romans 8.28 on my life on your life if you love God it says that God works all things together for our good because we love him like straight up God's gonna work no matter how dark and messed up the situation may seem God literally can construct goodness in that out of that because of that you know what I'm saying like consequently something good can happen and I think it, re it requires us yielding to him in order to receive that beautiful blessing from that darkness but it's possible it's available it's a promise from God if you're his kid if you say God I receive your adoption of me I receive your love for me He's straight up going to be like, all the promises that I have, because God's a promise keeper, all the promises that I have made are for you. Like, the one, you know I'm saying, I'm not going to get theological about it, but I know, I know what I'm saying, and I'm just going to stop there, but there's this song I like, let me see if I can remember it. Way make a miracle work, a promise keep a light in the darkness. I love that song. 
like I love that part just like saying that that's how that's who God is it's so funny because I wasn't even thinking of that song when I started recording but he really he really is the life it's artist <sighs> he really is the thing is that God never stops being God no matter what you know I look at it like a cloudy day People say that the sun didn't come out, but the sun's not shining. The thing is, the sun's still doing what the sun do. You know what I'm saying? The sun is still there, shining bright, and the lights didn't go off. It's not like the sun didn't play, pay its energy bill. Like, the sun is still shining, bro. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not functioning at its full capacity and normal, you know, its normal function. The sun is still shining. That's the same way God is still, even when we're in dark moments, dark nights of the soul, whatever it is you're going through, God is still God, though. He's still the one that knows everything. He's still the one that loves you through it all. He's still the one who's like for you, not against you. He's still the one who sent his son to die for you. He's still God. And I think that it's easy to get short-sighted if we're just going to live by sight, eyesight, right? The Bible doesn't tell us to live by our eyesight. It tells us to live by faith. And faith is believing things you can't even see in your natural eye, with your natural eyes. So it's like, dude, to really walk with God, you get access to so much hope. It's so much peace and so much joy, so much strength that you can't have in your natural self. You're like, there's going to be times if you're really alive and living, there's going to be times where you're not going to be strong enough for yourself. Nobody's going to be able to help you. You can't reach out to anybody else for strength. You might have access to people because you're talking to them or whatever. You work with them. You go to church. But there's going to be times they can't even help you. I'm telling you, is life. <laughs> and it's okay because it's normal. And God is still functioning at full capacity. God. He's still sovereign. He's still holy. He's still awesome. It's not just when we feel good, when we see things looking right. It's him. He is who he is. He said, I am that I am. Like, he is God. Like, he doesn't shift. He doesn't change his mind. Like, you know what? I'm tired. Even when God rested, I heard a, a Messianic a Jewish guy tell me that when God rested. It wasn't that he, I mean, obviously he still turned the lights on, you know what I'm saying? He still was functioning as God. He just wasn't creating. That's what the guy told me. And I really believe that because, and this was that, you know, I used to go to Rabbi Jason's, one of his Bible studies. And that's, I really believe that that's, that's real talk because if you think about it, it's not like, People couldn't breathe on the seventh day when God was resting because God wasn't putting breath in their lungs. It wasn't like the sun didn't shine that day or, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like the animals just collapsed. I mean, life still went on and life doesn't go on apart from God. You know what I'm saying? So 
God was still at work. God was still fully fun. He just wasn't creating. But anyways, I, I really love that, that kind of teaching Holy Spirit gave me early in my walk with him. And I've been walking with God for like 15 years. Maybe I'm 30. I got to say like 14, 15, watching Joyce Meyer on TV. And then I... Shortly thereafter, you know what I'm saying? Someone came to our door and my dad was like, I don't want to go to church, but my wife may be interested. And he, you know, had my mom go to the front. And, and that's how I ended up finding my first church home or being found by it. And thank you, God, for that. And I um, got baptized there and grew spiritually there. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. God is good. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, I love that, that God doesn't change. That's, that's why I believe he doesn't want us to be shifty. You know, someone's shifty. Someone who's inconsistent, unfaithful, right? I think we all can be that way, but it doesn't mean that you are that way. So, you know what I'm saying? Repent and turn away from it, but don't <clears throat> beat yourself up if you you know, do it every now and then, and I'm not encouraging, and I'm just saying the enemy really likes to beat the crap out of us so that we stay kind of broken and feeling so little that we don't do anything. We don't function. And that's why I love Romans 8.1. and actually happened to be the scripture today on the Bible app, the version app. And it said, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I say it so fast because I like memorize and just start my spirit for it, but I'm going to say it slower. There is, therefore, now, no condemnation. No condemnation. Somebody needs to do a song on that. No condemnation. Okay? For those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm in Christ. So all I know is I ain't got to walk around with condemnation. Holy Spirit is going to convict me. And I had to pray, you know what I'm saying? There was a season I had to pray um, to get understanding between the difference, uh, you know, with conviction and condemnation. Because condemnation I was very familiar with. And conviction was something God had to grow me into the understanding of. And I needed to be able to separate the two. You know, when you grow into grace, the understanding of God's grace you realize God's not burdening me. The burden that I'm feeling, that's not God. So I don't need to trust that feeling. I don't need to lean into that. I don't need to accept that. I I hear Jesus say, cast all my cares on him for me. He cares for me. That's what I hear from the Lord. So if God is telling me to cast, if he, Jesus is saying my yoke is easy and my burden is light, then Jesus is not burdening me. God blesses and adds no sorrow to it. Then God's not burdening me. So the burning that I feel ain't God. So I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And I have to ask God to help me, you know what I'm saying, through whatever it is that's trying to take me over. And I had to go through that for a season. Man, I'm so grateful that God like, works on us in, in parts, in seasons, because it's a lot. We're messed up. There's so many parts to us. I wish I could... Um, you know, remember or recall all the information they taught us in health class about how much is going on in your body. Let's just talk about in your skin. You know, there's so many functionings happening just in your skin alone. How about in your blood? 
so much going on. And the thing is, we are so intricate physically, but there's so much more emotionally, spiritually, psychologically. There's so many parts to us. And God, he wants to work on all of those, but he knows we cannot have all that stuff work on at once. I don't know if this is accurate, but I'm going to imagine that when someone does surgery on someone that has maybe multiple things that need to be worked on, they're not going to do it all at once in certain instances because it's burdensome to the physical body. I believe it's burdensome to us if God tried to do it all at once. We couldn't, we couldn't bear it. God that he's he's all wise you know what I'm saying and he knows what he's doing because he does things kind of in sections I know when I was getting my teeth worked on last the last time um, I had got a deep cleaning and some fills and the lady was like I'm just gonna do one side you can come back and we'll do the other side I was like excuse me ma'am no y'all about to shoot me today that's why I call it you know, when they, they inject you so your mouth is numb. It's like, you about to shoot me today. I'm not coming back later for this. I'm going to go through this pain on one foul swoop today. But there is this kind of consideration, and I know that it is maybe a thing for some people that you don't want both sides worked on, right? You want one side that's recovering, and then you work on the other. For me, I'm just like, let's just go all in right now. So I know that there is this kind of awareness for surgeries or procedures where portions and parts are worked on at once. And actually, I'm just gonna imagine because I know this, I know this in my spirit that it's true. I just can't think of an example right now. But there's probably some parts that in surgeries where you can't funk, you can't actually work on this thing until that thing is worked on and healed. So that thing has to be worked on, whatever that thing is, it has to be taken care of then they can address the other thing. I mean, it's just stages. So anyway, 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 anyway. Thank God he works on us in stages. He's gracious, he knows what he's doing. There's another part to uh, Romans 8.1 that I really love that I was reading today in the NLT version. And I can't remember verbatim, but it basically is saying we're filled by the spirit of God now that we're in Christ Jesus. And so we have grace to not sin. Like, we have grace to not sin. I mean, I don't know. That doesn't sound like really good, like, grammar, uh, the way I just said that. But we we have grace to not sin. Like, the thing might come at me, try to take over. Like, it's enticing, whatever. But God's legitimately like, you don't have to. You literally don't have to. There was a season where I didn't feel strong enough that I could say no to stuff. And I would go in and give in to that sin. And I and I and I love that God had put a sister of Christ in my ear and tell me that I actually have victory over it already. I already have victory over it. I just have to walk in that victory. I did I so I just started praying for myself that I would walk in the victory. And I say, thank you, God, I'm already delivered from this. If it's gluttony, like, thank you, God, I'm already delivered from this. Impure thoughts, thank you, God, that I'm already delivered from this. And I and I know you go in the direction of your words. God literally created with words when he said, 
you know, let there be, and it would be let there be light, you know, he would speak and it would come to pass. Like that's, that's God's operating, uh, operation protocol. Like that's how it works in this world. So God speaks and creates. So I'm going to speak and create. And even though I'm sitting there gorging on Oreos, I'm still going to be like, thank you, God, that I don't do this anymore, that I eat healthy. I'm going to be smashing on grapes or cherries or something else in time to come because that's going to be my normal. And I still speak that over myself. And I'm noticing that he is withdrawing a desire and a taste for unhealthy things. Thank God. Anyway, God works on us in parts. And the healing that this nation needs is going to be, it can't be handled all at once. There's a lot that we got to get repaired. But I think the first step is to surrender this nation to God, turn our hearts back to him, and let him take over and work on the parts that need to be repaired. Our humanity saying this, all this needs to be addressed at once. Like me with my mouth, no, you about to hook up my whole mouth at one time. Like, trust God's process and his wisdom about how and when. Because he knows how to bring the healing. He knows when to bring the healing. He knows what we can handle. And that's for our individual lives. That's for our, our nation. Whatever nation you are a part of, I believe you're to intercede wherever you are. If you're move, if you, if wherever you live, you know, like I just moved to Bakersfield, that's my place that I'm supposed to be covering in prayer. You know, I still come to LA and I pray over the kids I see walking, um, you know, in front of my window at work. Because God's still giving me kind of access to that realm or that space. So I pray over them. Wherever you are, pray. Pray for your neighborhood, your city, your nation. You know what I'm saying? Pray. Um, I know everybody's not quote-unquote an intercessor, but the Bible clearly says pray without ceasing. And it doesn't say this is for intercessors only. <laughs> so I believe that this is part of the whole armor of God to intercede because it tells you to put on all these pieces of armor to just show the faith up. And then it tells you, so, and, then, and then I think it's Paul, he says, pray for me. I mean, that's at the end, but it, it's still there, you know, and I really believe, and I've heard a teaching on that, that that's part of the armor, and I receive that, because there ain't nothing like prayer, I don't, mm, ain't nothing like prayer, it really does change things, you can call that a cute phrase if you want prayer changes things, but it legitimately does, it legitimately shifts things, so I say pray for where you are, pray for who you are, what God wants to do in your life, pray for the season that you're in, and for God to give you a glimpse of hope or light um, if you can't see it uh, with your natural eye. You know, ask him to help you see it spiritually and trust him. Oh my gosh, trust him. You know, he is for you. He's not against you. He loves you. I mean, if you forget that God loves you, just remember that Jesus died for you. It's that simple. Queen.